Hello, this is Matt Willis for Boundary of Disaster. Last week I had the incredible privilege to get up close to the premier UK motorsport event you've probably never heard of. Now that's an absolutely crying shame in my view and we'll be doing our best to change that. So, what is Coniston Records Week? Put simply, it's an event for powerboats to set speed records, but that doesn't tell the half of it. It's more or less the only event of its type in the world, and for many in the powerboat community, it's the zenith of the season. It has some incredible history behind it, having been running since 1970, initially at Windermere in the Lake District, just a couple of miles away, and for about the last 20 years at Coniston. Now, anyone who knows anything about Coniston Water will be familiar with it as the lake where Donald Campbell set most of his water speed records and ultimately lost his life and Coniston Village will be the permanent home of his boat, Bluebird K7, in time. This is actually the 50th running of Records Week, and despite plenty of ups and downs with the weather, it saw many records being broken, and perhaps more importantly, demonstrated some wonderful camaraderie and friendship between the competitors. Anyway, rather than hear me talk about it, let's hear from the people who matter. This is Boundary of Disaster, Coniston Records Week 2022. My name is Alison Worley. I'm the chairman of Coniston Records Week. The event is in its 50th year. It started in 1970 on Windermere, started by a member of the Windermere Motorboat Racing Club, Norman Buckley, who was a very eminent record breaker and was involved with um, Donald Campbell's attempts and members of the uh, Lancashire Powerboat Racing Club to provide an event where everybody could have an attempt at a record it wasn't seen as an elite sport it was allowing all the the drivers who are in rate uh, just standard powerboat racing to be able to attempt a record as i say we're now in our 50th event unfortunately due to covid uh chasing in bylaws and the loss of a sponsor in the 70s we've lost three years of the event with 2022 is our 50th year and how does it feel to be back after that layoff um, due to, um, due to COVID? It was an interesting couple of years. Unfortunately, at the same time as COVID started, we also had a change in the bylaw mm. um, and a change in the National Authority. So we, we did lose um, the event completely for a couple of years. Um, I was concerned we would lose it completely, but um, the team that we have um, is very strong and the event is seen as very very popular very um the tradition and the heritage that comes with it mm. is seen as very special so the demand was there from the competitors to they they wanted you to absolutely keep it going. yes it, it's seen as the pinnacle of the racing season uh, we do run the, the the end of october beginning of november and um it's normally towards the end of the racing season mm. um there's a lot of people that have been racing through the year that use this as their final outing with the boat of the, the racing season quite often we'll get um, champions coming to attempt a record having won their national championship or even just people wanting to prove their abilities with their race boat it's seen as a very special thing to be able to achieve a record whether it's british even more special to achieve a world record 
and the event that we run here allows people to do that without an awful lot of expense. Mm. Um, it is the, the, the most well-established event in the world and um, it's seen as the spiritual home of record-breaking in Coniston. On that a little bit, how important is it, do you think, that it's at Coniston, which has obviously got such fantastic water speed record history? Is, is that a big part Ma- of it? Massively important to a lot of the drivers. Donald Campbell is one of their idols. Um, he's a hero that they see as being the, you know, the person to emulate. And um, to, to run on the same water that he was running on is just um, you know, the icing on the cake. And can you tell me a little bit about the different classes of boat and of record that people will be going for? Absolutely. As in um, any sort of motorsport, there's the pinnacle, the Formula One of, of motor, motor racing. But underneath that, there's the grassroots of all different styles of boat, engine, um, and different classes of racing. Each one of them is very valid in its own right. From our point of view here, we have circuit racing, we have offshore racing, we have a hybrid of the two, which is called offshore circuit racing. We have hydroplanes, we have um, aquabikes. And the event is set up for any one of those classes to come and attempt a record. There's no specific times, there's no specific allocated slots. Um, everybody can attempt a record at whatever time they're ready to go. So in the past we've had times where we've had a very small uh, junior boat go down, followed by a large offshore and as I say, it brings the sport together in a way that no other event does. Uh, my name's Jim Noon. Uh, I'm Records Week here. I'm the Chief Scrutineer and Measurer for the event. Uh, I'm also Chairman of the K7 Club, the Donald Campbell Club, and uh, holder of quite a few records um, in the past. The last one I did on here in 2015 in my one litre hydroplane, 115 miles an hour. And, and I understand you're the fastest British man. Yeah, alive, cur- so. currently I'm the fastest British man alive. <laughs> on water. <laughs> on water, yeah. Wow. Donald Campbell obviously went faster. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, he was killed. Uh, in 2003, I did um, 155.47 mile an hour on Lake Windermere. Wow. And what, and what kind of boat was that? That was basically a bigger version of what I race, which is uh, I race a one litre hydroplane. This was a seven and a half litre hydroplane with a supercharger. So how did you get into powerboat racing and records in the first place? Like a lot of people in sport through family. Uh, my father used to race uh, and he in fact came to the very first records week in um, 1970 and I came with him as a, as a fresh-faced 12-year-old as a mechanic. So you've been here from right from the beginning? I have been here from the beginning. I haven't been to everyone, <laughs> mm. but uh, I've been to most of them, yes. Wow, wow. And the fact that it's at Coniston, is that important to the with the sort of sense of heritage and the, the, the history of the location to the week itself? It's important. I mean, Records Week's always been in the lakes. Um, when the ban came in on Windermere, they wouldn't allow us to do uh, Records Week. Um, but because of the heritage of Coniston and the, and the Campbell history, mm. we managed to uh, convince the Lake District Park Authority that it would be good for the park. It's only a week a year. And obviously it boosts Coniston, the local economy, by, we reckon, between 100 and 200 k. Quite impressive for a smallish event, given the number of people. But Well, it, the, it, when they did a, an economic impact on uh, Windermere after it closed 
put the ban in, mm. they reckon the average powerboater spent about 45 times as much as your average walker. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah, well, not these people are rich, but they do, yeah, yeah. do go and spend some money. Yes. Absolutely. So what's the sort of the difference in the, the skills and the preparation to, to go out and set a record than, than you would have for racing? Well, a record is all out. Um, you don't get anything for coming second here. No trophies, no nothing. So basically, it's uh, a case of setting up your boat so it's stable at the speeds. But um, the only gearing we have on these boats is really propellers. Right. Um, and you put the biggest propeller you can, you can effectively turn. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't use that in a race because you'd have no acceleration. Okay. But on, on here, you have a two-mile run-up. Right. So it's basically setting off in fifth gear. What does it feel like heading over the lake at, well, up to 150 miles an hour? Uh, it's an incredible feeling. Um, the 150, it's like the water's just rushing towards you. It's almost like something off Doctor Who. Wow. Uh, your vision is, uh, and you're concentrating um, so hard, and at that speed to do the measured kilometre is about 15, 16 seconds. So it goes pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it, the feeling at the end of it, it's a cross between um, exhilaration and relief, totally. Relief that, that nothing's gone wrong at that yeah, speed. Yeah, well, in, that in, time, in the boat just... I was in, uh, to be fair, if something had gone wrong, I wouldn't be stood here talking to you now. So there's always that risk, and that is the risk with records. You are pushing everything to the limit. Mm. In a race, you can always back off and say, well, I'll try and pass on the next lap, or or I'll get them next race. But uh, in record breaking, it's usually one or two goes, and that's it. Mm, mm. This is really every fraction of a second counts. It certainly does, yeah. And what sort of speeds do you reckon we'll be seeing this week? Well, there are a couple of boats in the pits that are capable of maybe up to 130, 140 miles an hour. Wow, okay. Um, but they need the conditions for yeah. that. And it has to be flat calm. Yeah. Uh, and it does happen sometimes at records week. You come for the week. You can spend all week just sat here looking at the weather, hoping it's going to calm down, and it doesn't quite happen. Mm, mm. But that's record-breaking. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we all know how long Donald Campbell had to had to wait well, at had, this location had months, for months. He was waiting. Yeah. I mean, it looks quite, it's fairly choppy at the moment. What, yeah. What's it? What's it like when it's when you've got that slightly rougher water? Uh, well, I've raced in water like this, not not run, done a records run in it, you're just mm. wasting fuel in the smaller boat. Right, right. But there's no suspension in a boat. No. So you literally are bouncing over the top of the surface. Yeah. The boats you've seen run today are called V-boats and they race offshore. Oh, okay. So they're used to a small They're a bit like more this. suited to Yeah, a... they're suited to this. They actually plough through the water. Right. Whereas the, the boats I set the record in and the faster boats, they fly on top of the water. So a gust so, of so wind... So would they be more like your three-point hydroplane? That... Yeah. And so very sensitive to wind. Sensitive to wind, yeah, at the high speeds. And um, I believe you were involved with the K777 a few years ago. Yeah, which, no, I still uh, am. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're looking to, I think next year will be the year that, that we bring out 777. Really? Oh, and, excellent, um, okay. It's not really, it's not to break the world record. It of course. It was, wasn't built for that at all. Mm. But the British record still stands, still is there to be broken because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Donald Campbell never took national records, he only took world records. Right. Allowing somebody else to come on and, and maybe take the British record. Mm. Also, since he took the record, the rules have changed dramatically. Okay. So the boat that I drive, the 777, um, has a, a full safety cockpit in it. Right. Uh, yeah. 
which Campbell never had. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it has a you know a large onboard air system, flotation, all that sort of thing. Mm. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see how next year goes. But uh, that's the plan, wow. really. To okay. Bring it out for next year. It's a while since it's been out. Yeah. But people have been busy. We've had COVID, we've had the lot. You of know, course. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, the last few years have been difficult, they have. Um, they have. Which is why it's great to see it, see the event back and and uh, oh, yeah. and running yeah. really strongly. Yeah, it's good to see everyone here. And uh, being the fiftieth records week, yeah, been better. Yeah. Just for those not aware of K777 that Jim referred to there, it's a jet hydroplane inspired by Donald Campbell's Bluebird K7 that ran on Coniston back in 2011, though back then its team struggled to get it onto the plane, that is, to skim over the water rather than plough through it. It's exciting to hear that the team is thinking of trying again and that the British national records might be in their sights. Anyway, next it was time to talk to some of the competitors, there was an astonishing variety in both the craft and the people operating them, so I'll give a little bit of context here. We saw everything from aquabikes and jet skis to offshore racing boats, professional racing teams and weekend racers. The first people I spoke to, though, were not from a racing outfit, though their driver, Adam Brown, is an experienced racer. This was the only factory team to take part in the week, Cox Marine, who are builders of marine engines, and they were looking to forge their product in the white heat of competition. Their boat, Pegasus, boasts a 3-litre twin-turbo V8 diesel outboard and they were going for a new world record in diesel outboards. Let's meet them. So I'm, uh, I'm James Eatwell. I'm Head of Research and Development for Cox Powertrain, so I'm the lucky man who gets to deal with all the interesting future technology projects and fun projects like this that, wow. we're, that we're going through. We'll talk you through in a second. Okay. My name is Adam Brown and I'm the driver of this uh, vessel. Um, I am a part of this team, of course, but mm -hmm. I'm not an employee of Cox. I'm uh, independent uh, and I've been involved in powerboat racing and record breaking for the last 20 odd years. Okay. Hi, I'm Paul Heinsen, I'm the product marketing manager for Cox Marine and responsible for marketing the CXA 300. Project Pegasus, or Pegasus as we uh, are calling yep. her. Um, she's a 21 foot Halix Vector. Uh, she was built in about the mid 90s as a, a ski race boat. Right. Uh, would have been originally fitted with uh, a rather large American V8 inboard engine in the stern. Uh, we got a um, June time this year as a as a bear hull. Nothing uh, nothing inside, uh, and I've spent the last uh, few months converting it to run as an outboard engine. Okay. Which has been a a fair challenge at times. I mean, the engine itself is completely stock. It's a standard production engine that's come straight off our production lines. Uh, it's so a remarkable-looking thing. I mean, if you could explain to me what's different about it from a normal racing powerboat. Well, absolutely. In terms I of mean, the engine, the, the the key element, uh, if you cut it down to really simple bits, it's diesel. Okay. Uh, so uh, almost every engine that you'll see here today, I'm sure, will uh, will be will be gasoline petrol-powered engine mm -hmm. uh, and indeed most of the outboard engines even not on the racing scene are, are, are petrol powered uh, and we set out on a mission uh, I think we started out in 2007 uh, saw there was a there was a gap in the marketplace for an engine that gave the fuel economy of a diesel but with the convenience of an outboard engine uh, and along the way developed uh, that, that that you see there uh, it's a 4.4 litre the V8 twin turbo producing 300 horsepower. Wow. Uh, it has a peak torque somewhere around about 650 newton meters uh, in the mid range. 
So it's it's a it's a high torque, typical high torque diesel engine. Right. Uh, so that engine is designed to run for thousands upon thousands of hours. So it's uh, we're not we've not come here to sort of prove at this stage how much we can do with the engine. It's, it's simply we can prove what we can do just with a standard production engine. Okay. And uh, so we've already we've already set the record this morning, uh, just shy of 60 miles an hour. Uh, and the aim for the week will be to continue to ramp that up as we Excellent. go through the week. So that's a British diesel-powered powerboat British, speed British record. British diesel outboard powered, outboard powered. Uh, speed record. Uh, that's that's the that is the British record. Um, we are aiming for a world record as well. But whilst we've achieved that nominally, we have to wait for ratification from the UAM uh, to confirm that as, a, as an actual record. Right. Uh, so and again, we're we're hoping that uh, we're going to bring that up as the week goes on. Obviously, it's. It's fairly rough and choppy out there at the moment. Not ideal yep. boating conditions, so we're looking for a bit of better weather and some tuning along the way. Mm, fingers crossed. Um, and ha- so, how does it handle? I mean, you mentioned the torque, but Adam, yeah. how does it how does it feel out on the water? Yeah, so it drives extremely well. Um, the torque is uh, very significant, so the acceleration is phenomenal. Right. Uh, it's very quick up on the plane, um, and then <clears throat> I've got engine trim, so the angle of the engine to the back of the boat mm-hmm. and I've also got trim tabs um, which slightly extend the length of the boat so I can drop those into the water it brings the nose down slightly right um, which gives me two uh, variables to control um, the, uh, the craft so <clears throat> it handles extremely well it's very very flat uh, onto the water mm-hmm. and um, which obviously that's a feature of the whole design but also uh, it handles the um, the outboard engine very very well, uh, and it actually handles the uh, the rough water remarkably okay. well. Right, um, it's incredibly uh, flat down, uh, even over some quite significant rolling waves that are coming up mm. from the south end of the lake. Yeah, it looked quite lumpy this morning. Um, yeah, it was very lumpy. But I mean, obviously, we we've done some testing, but um, we're we're uh, getting to grips with uh, the boat mm. and how it handles at the moment. Um, so it's. Uh, it's interesting to see how it handles in the different conditions. Yeah. I mean, have you any sense of what the maximum might be that you could that you well, could do in perfect conditions? That's or? what we're here to find out. Okay. Um, the, the, we have many variables, um, the, the most significant of which is the propeller. Right. Uh, so we've got different propellers, um, and then we also have uh, potentially different gearbox ratio uh, to try as well. So um, I'd like to think that we could... Uh, running in excess of 70 miles an hour at the end of the week once we have everything ironed out uh, the best choice of the different variables and also hopefully some better weather good luck thank you thank you very much and uh, the fuel is that's just standard diesel so we well I'll I'll pass over to Paul to to answer that one so part of our mission is to be a more sustainable uh, engine manufacturer hence why we're using diesel because Mm. diesel typically will give you 30% more efficiency in fuel but also around about 30% reduction in CO2 emissions Okay. so you can go further uh, Mm -hmm. you can go faster um, and and you can reduce your your, your, your carbon footprint in in, in the same um, way in in comparison to using a petrol engine Mm. Mm. More importantly, uh, this week we're also using hydro-treated vegetable oil as a fuel, okay. HVO, yeah. uh, which actually reduces the carbon emission, the, the CO2 emissions, by up to 90% compared wow. to um, a, a gasoline and or, in fact, a, a, a diesel engine. So 
we're keen to be sustainable in what we're trying to achieve and mm-hmm. by showing how two different fuels can be used at such an event it's showing our audience and showing you know, the, the, the people here what a diesel engine is, is capable of mm. so what do you think the future is for, for an engine like this I think at the moment we're we're in a sort of situation where the bulk of the outboard market is running uh, petrol gasoline engines uh, so there is uh, a lot of scope in the market, certainly we believe, because uh, we developed the product. Of course. Um, <laughs> for actually, in the very short term, to actually move that away from petrol towards diesel. Uh, diesel obviously isn't a sustainable long-term option. Uh, things like hydro-treated vegetable oil are absolutely fascinating in terms of, of where they can go. Obviously, they offer really significant benefits, uh, as Paul said there. Uh, we're also looking at things like hydrogen fuel, Okay. Uh, so we've got uh, separate programmes ongoing investigating the viability of hydrogen and other fuels. So the marine sector as a whole uh, has recognised that really for a lot of these applications, I mean, bear in mind, yes, this is a race boat, mm. but the way that engine is used, where you could sit at full power for hours and hours and hours, is exactly the same as you would get in a commercial boat. Right. So a commercial vessel could be doing the same thing. Now, yeah, yeah. batteries are wonderful, but one thing they don't do very well is have a, a density of power uh, and, and energy that can sustain running at that kind of 300 horsepower power output level. Mm. So the marine sector as a whole is really looking around the route of alternative fuels and it is things like hydrogen, methanol, ammonia type fuels uh, and I, I've seen nothing that I would, I would disagree with that sort of direction on. Yet the question for us is exactly which fuel and that's not just a question for what technology works for us but also being able to refuel with any of these things which yeah. fuel is going to become available in the future as well where can people find out more about about the project yeah if you want to find out about the, the project we've got uh, it's com. right um, and that'll tell you all about the event and, and what we're doing day one of records week provided an excellent demonstration of the peculiarities of the event and the location the competitors aren't just fighting the clock and their competitors they have to negotiate conditions at the lake Coniston Water is surrounded by hills with a range of mountains just to the west. It's often said of the Lake District that if you don't like the weather, you can just go to the next valley. At Records Week, some of the boats could run in all weather, but others needed it to be calm to run safely at speed. On Monday, the wind dropped quite dramatically, just as the sun was setting behind the fells, triggering a race to set a time in the faster boats before the light failed. That race was won by Johnny Brewer in his F2 hydroplane, who grasped the nettle to be the first person to go over 100 miles per hour and end the day fastest of everyone. So, yeah, my name's Johnny Brewer. Uh, I'm here at Coniston Records Week. Uh, I'm in the S2000 class, uh, which is a catamaran class. Uh, it's two and a half litre Optimax Mercury engine on the back. Uh, reaching speeds yesterday of 116 miles an hour. Uh, which for me is the fastest I've been in a powerboat. Um, so I started about 10 years ago uh, following in the footsteps of my dad and my granddad uh, in the GT15 junior class. I then stepped up to GT30 and then to F4, which um, is very similar to the class I'm in today. Um, similar design of boat, just a bit smaller and a smaller engine. Uh, I've been doing that for about four years, um, managed to set the world speed record in that class last year and uh, now taking a step up and, and doing it in uh, the S2000 class, so, so for me it's the fastest I've been in the powerboat, so uh, been a great start to the week so far. Yeah, and it was a, 
last time set yesterday and the fastest of the day yeah. so just as light was failing it looked really dark from the shore how was it out on the course yeah i mean it it was better when you was out there um, it certainly looked dark from where everyone else was stood but once you're actually on the course you've got a clear sign of light um, all the way down the course um, you know it wasn't ideal because it was dark but um, we're going in a straight line uh, can't really go wrong um, but the conditions were much much better when it was when it was darker in climate um, so for me it was the ideal time to go how quickly did you find out that you'd set the record and best time of the day yeah. so I sort of knew it was fast um, but you never quite know how fast um, and as soon as I got in I uh, got out of the boat and about two seconds after I got out of the boat they announced it over the tannoy um, so when I heard 116 you know, I, was, I was really happy that far exceeds what I came to do right. um, and, and then it was a bonus and it was the fastest of the day so you're hoping to push that up further yeah, I'm hoping to get to the 120 barrier. Okay. Um, we're just waiting on conditions. If it doesn't get any better, there's no point um, because you just risk damaging the boat. But if, if the conditions drop off and there's another great opportunity, then I'll certainly take it. What does it feel like to sort of do that kind of speed in this sort of boat? You can't really explain it, to be honest. It, it's anything on water feels faster than it is. Right. You know, going that sort of speed in a car is nothing like a boat. Mm. Um, and you're not actually really touching the water, you've probably got two inches of the boat in the water, so you, you do really feel like you're flying. Wow. And it's, it's not a feeling you can describe to anyone else. And what's, what's the next step for you after the, after the S2000? Is that, what, what do you hope uh, to achieve in this class, and then, and then what comes after that? So the actual boat is a, it's an F2 class. Uh, S2000 is, is effectively the same, but another name for the class. So right. the class is F2. Okay. So, um, done a little bit of F2 racing this year, um, still in F4, which I say is the smaller one. Mm. Um, so, we'll see what happens over the winter, see what sponsorship we manage to pull in, and then make a decision for next year. Because uh, as you can imagine, running an F2 is uh, a lot more pricey than an F4. Yeah, I can imagine. So, um, so we'll, we'll see and make a decision over the winter. In that clip, Johnny mentioned the F4 class, uh, which is about equivalent to Formula 3 in cars, and the next driver I met had stepped up to it this season. This was a 16-year-old Oban Duncan who was taking part in her second records week, hoping to take a national record in the Clubman 1000 catamaran class. I also spoke to 17-year-old George Elmore in his first records week, racing a GT30 monohull. It was really good to see so many young people taking part with real dedication. It suggests that the future of the sport is in excellent hands, but also that participation is reasonably accessible and affordable. I also have to apologise for uh, the constant interruptions from the tannoy in this next clip, but uh, it does give an indication of the information that's broadcast to participants and spectators during the event. Here's Oban, who I spoke to on Tuesday morning. So I'm Oban Duncan, I race the Formula 4 class, um, I come from Scotland, uh, it's my first year in Formula 4, so we just wanted to see this year what we can get out of the boat really and see what it'll do. Mm. So this is your second year at Records Week, I understand? yeah, I brought a junior boat last year, yeah. And um, how did you get on? Uh, we got close to the record, but not close enough. 
We're about one mile an hour off Austria, oh. which is annoying. But this year, hopefully, we'll get something in this. Yeah. If we get out because of the wind. Well, hopefully. fingers crossed. Yeah. So, what's the record in this class currently? 70.89 is the one I'm going for. Okay. But there's a few you can go for, but that's the one I'm, I'm going for. Okay. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll just go out and see what it does. We've got no idea how the boat will handle or cope in the, in the conditions, so we'll just go out and see. Have you made any particular adaptations for it for a flat-out speed run rather than racing? You, we will do once I've been out once and got used to the conditions and the setup on the boat and you sort of just have to play it by ear and do it run by run and take the data you get from each run and adapt the boat from there, but until you've been out you can't really do too much. Okay. So it's quite a methodical process then it to, is, to yeah, get there's the... steps that you have to take before you even get here, when you get here, when you're going out. It's Graham, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Your speed sounds 71.582, returning 51.037, giving an average of 59.59. Um, so, what are these kind of boats like to handle? Uh, these are very different to the boats I've driven before. They're, they get a lot. Graham, apologise, you've established a national record on that run. Do apologise. Um, scrutineer, please, to Graham Leach. Scrutineer to Graham Leach. They get a lot of wind underneath them and they can turn themselves over quite easily, so you have to be a lot careful. But I describe it as like being in a little bubble. Uh, in your boat when you're racing against other people you're just in your own little bubble and watch everyone else around you but yeah they're, they're good fun and how much of a sensation of speed do you get when obviously you're in the closed cockpit there and you but you're quite... feel you definitely feel the speed even when you're just driving around slowly you can definitely feel because you're so close to you get you get you definitely get used to it but the first time I, I drove it it was very different to anything I've driven before okay yeah, I mean it's an impressive looking boat. Yeah. It's they're really cool. I mean I saw a couple of the um, the bigger, bigger yeah, hydroplanes yes. going out yesterday, and that was you know they they look really impressive. Yeah. Sound really impressive they as well. Do, yeah. Uh, so are you hoping to aspire? To? Hopefully, I can't do that until I'm 18. Right. So um, I've got a couple more years yet to do that, but hopefully I'll uh, get there eventually. But in the meantime, I'll just grow with this and see how we get on. Uh, hi, my name is George Elmore, I'm 17 from Chatham and Kent. Um, I raced a GT30 class, but I'm currently going for the Clubman 1000 monohull record. Uh, Monday, I set a 48.32, but yesterday I increased it to 48.35 mile an hour. And that's a national record? It is a national record, correct, yeah. So you say this, this isn't your, your normal boat? Is this one you have much experience with? Or? Well, yeah, this is the boat I've been racing since 2019, but um, the record I'm going for, there's there's no specific requirement as to what class or what specific boat you have to race. It's just a okay. sort of like a collective thing mm, mm. where it's anything under 1,000cc. Okay. I mean, it looks like out on the water, it looked like a really light boat, and obviously you had to have the flat conditions yes. to be able to run. So... I mean, how how was it on the lake? Obviously, it was getting dark. The wind had only just dropped. Yeah. There were still a few ripples out there. How easy was it to, to sort of get in the sweet spot and, and running fast? Well, on the Monday, uh, it was looking like bad conditions all day. So on the off chance that we did get a run, we set it up for fairly rough conditions. So on the water, it, it wasn't really gliding. It was ploughing because it was right. set up for heavier conditions but yesterday we took a significant amount of weight out trimmed the engine out one turn and it was going a bit better but it was still ploughing a little bit 
um, so there's potential for more. Uh, there's for the rest definitely of the more potential, a lot more potential in that. Okay. Is that just down to the conditions, or are there more things you can do with it, the boat? Well, the, the conditions were perfect yesterday. Like I said, it's just we need to we need to do some stuff one st- uh, step at a time, so we know what to change and what mm. not to change. Mm. But yeah, there's definitely a lot more potential in it. Okay. Um, is, your, is this your first records week? Yes, this is my first okay. records week. Yes. Um, h- how are you finding it? Well, obviously it'd be better if I was getting more runs in, but obviously you can't control the weather, mm. so mm. I just need to take it as as we go and try and make the best improvements that we can and get the best records that we can mm. and how are you finding it different to sort of setting a, a single flying kilometre to actual racing what's the, the well, experience out there it's very lonely I mean in a race you're always focusing on something and mm. there's always that little bit of vigilance you need to have whereas on a, on a straight line it, it gets kind of boring and lonely you just got to try and <laughs> see where you're going try and get the best line and yeah hope for the best and so what does it feel like on the water when you're doing that kind of speed um, in a lightweight little boat like this? Well, it, it feels risky because you, you, can, you can feel the wind hitting you and you can mm. feel it sort of lifting the hull out from the bottom so you can feel it gliding, it's sort of sitting on the edge and yeah, so you're very nerve-wracking. Yeah, I suppose you have to be on the edge to yeah, set the, have, yeah, the, to the, the, the best time. Yeah, get the best, the best that you can possibly do, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it looks like... Tomorrow's looking a bit better, well, better than today, obviously, yeah. and, and the forecast for Friday looks pretty good. So. Yeah, Thursday and Friday look really good. These are sort of high-speed waters, as it's called, so we'll definitely put our boat on the limit and try and go for the best speed that we can. And what sort of speed do you... Do you, do you have a speed in mind that you're hoping for? Yeah, I mean, the, the actual record for this class itself is 59 miles an hour. Oh, OK. So we're... I mean, I'd be happy with about 56, 57. Mm, OK. And that would be pushing the national record up by yeah. quite a considerable amount. Yes, but yes. What, what was it when you before you... It, um, so this is a new record. Yeah. So it got... Because oh, okay. weight classes and that changed. Right, um, right. The, the record got frozen. Right. So it's, I've, I've established it, obviously. Right, so, so you're the first name in the I'm book, the essentially. So. In the book for this class, yes. Okay, well, best of luck for the rest Thank of the week. Thank you very much. The next interview nicely demonstrates two characteristics of Records Week. One is the boat, as I was talking to the crew of the offshore Monahull Chica, demonstrating that all kinds of powerboat take part, not just lightweight lake racers. And the second is the crew. Stefan Hagen have come all the way from Germany to take part, and they're by no means the only international competitors. There's often a strong international contingent uh, taking part at Records Week, and this is one of the important aspects of the event. Uh, my name is Steph Skippers, uh, my pilot's name is Hagen Jerzinski and we're from Germany and this is now our third visit to Coniston and this year we've brought an offshore race boat mm. um, and uh, we tried to break the world speed record for our class which we did yesterday successfully with uh, uh, 76,7 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. I have to still work that out in kilometers an hour, but it's it's okay. We're happy. We we gonna try and see if we could do the 80 miles an hour. Uh, you know, but it's depending on conditions, situations. There's there's a lot of wind. There's uh, choppy water. Yeah. Although for an offshore boat like this, it, it doesn't really matter that much. You know. Right. Only thing that that hinders a bit is running against like 40 mile an hour winds, which you know does take away some speed. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was a bit of a crosswind yesterday, I think, yeah. wasn't it? So it sort of hurts you in both directions, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So you say this is your third records week? Yeah. What sort of experiences have you had before? And, and obviously you 
you, you, you liked it and wanted to come back? Yes, uh, we came here last year with a, a pneumatic boat, P750 called Thundercat, and uh, um, he actually broke the record, but he did not complete the flying kilometer. The boat caught some air and flipped and uh, fell on him and broke five ribs. So, oh my God. So uh, kind of uh, took a bit of the humor out of the situation. Yeah. But then again, we have to say, uh, we're pretty impressed with your NHS system. You know, okay. You have to wait a little bit, you know, everything takes its time, but they did a real decent job fixing him up. And uh, oh. so, yeah. I'm oh, glad to hear it. <laughs> I used to work for the NHS, so <laughs> not in a clinical role, but it's good to hear anyway. Yeah. So uh, obviously we're a much bigger boat, yes. much heavier boat this year. Yes. And it was interesting, because uh, I got here yesterday, it's sort of late morning, and it was really quite choppy and windy, and yet boats like this were able to just go out and set times when the, the lightest stuff like this. Yeah. So is that attractive to you? That, that, is that a reason for bringing this boat, or is that just more of a coincidence? No, we, we had this boat, we, we do race offshore with the boat, so mm. we thought, yeah, we've got it, let's go see what it can do. You know, so um, okay. we didn't bargain on, on it being so windy and choppy but ultimately like I said these boats don't really care too much about chop they're right. at their fastest when there's like say half a meter of chop oh really you know you, you don't want all of the boat in the water as little as possible just the propeller in the water then you're really fast oh okay so if you're bouncing across the top of the waves then it's yeah. actually quicker than yeah yeah there's less less wetted surface so oh, you know. okay <laughs> oh that's interesting so what does it feel like at those sorts of speeds then uh, well for a beginning beginner it'll probably be a bit of a giddy speed but uh, you know when you've done it so often uh, then it's just work you know you sit there and like you, you're so concentrated on just getting the trim right you know and then the angle of attack and things like that and uh, yeah. reading the water that you know you um, it's a little bit like tunnel vision you you don't really see things around you you know like you, you totally focus on what you're doing mm. And you're the co-driver. What's your role specifically in in the boat when you're on a record? What we have is like the pilot has to focus just on the wave in front of him. Right. Yeah. And uh, mine is to have a better overview. Uh, We were going like you look for areas where there's like say less wind or more wind or whatever, um, etc. So like you do the strategy and then um, you also have to find the boys. You know, especially like when you go racing, the turning boys. They could be two kilometers, three kilometers apart and you have to find them if you can't find them you know and you do like a big arc you yeah. you waste time you know okay. and, and distance etc so um because I, he focuses just on the wave in front of him and the rest i kind of like i do navigation i mm. I, I do the trim on the boat and things like that okay are there any sort of special adaptations in the boat for for setting records as opposed to racing no no not really um we in our class, to, to get the record, you have to race the, or to bring the boat here as you would race it. Right. So okay. you know, we had to like put weight in the boat, etc., etc., because the the racing regulations like that. Um, it's it's as if you've come from a race circuit and you come do it here. So uh, yeah. you couldn't really tune the boat per se. You have to do it as as the rules require. Mm. Um, yeah, and then just bring all your propellers and try them out because it seems to me that. Everywhere we go, there's like, you know, different water needs different propellers. Our, okay. our best propeller, for instance, is not working over here. Right, so that's we, interesting. So we're a little bit disappointed. It's like, you know, because that's the one we put our money on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's not happening, you know. But but our second best one seems to be doing okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's so we actually did the world record with the second best propeller. Right, right. I mean, are there any differences in the way you work as a crew for a record as opposed to, to racing? Obviously, it's a much shorter course, yeah. but... 
really, not really. No, this is uh, this is fairly easy. I mean, yeah, you know, it's just okay. like say once you, I mean, you don't come here to find out if you're going to be quick. Right, right. You, know, you do your homework, yeah. and then you know you just come here to kind of prove that yes, right. the homework was done. The right. homework was wo- right. <clears throat> so, so okay. yeah, it's, it's it's quite easy. You just come here and load up the boat and go. Go. And confirm that the homework was done right. Are you hoping to get out today? Yes, uh, we will go out today. I mean, we we still would like to see 80 miles an hour. It's going to be tough, you know, but uh, yeah. it's some, sometimes you just kind of need, like, the sun and the moon. Everything must be aligned, and then and you go, and, and it works out. Mm. We're looking, like, for one or two miles an hour, you know. It's not much, but it's like, it yeah. just, like, might just be that the right wind and the right choppiness in the waves. And so, and it yeah, be, yeah. It I suppose the, the final few percent are the most difficult to... Yes, yes. For the first three days, the weather was against the competitors, but Thursday dawned bright and still. It was finally time to see some serious speeds, and the records came tumbling. The top times, well over 100 miles per hour, were being set by Formula 2 hydroplanes, and their drivers are the waterborne equivalents of Theo Pocher, Felipe Drogovic, Logan Sargent, and let's meet a couple of them. first I spoke to was Ben Jelf, who I met on Tuesday evening. So I'm Ben Jelf, I am 22 years old, I'm from Maystone in Kent, um, I am currently the Formula 2 APX British Champion. Um, up here at Coniston to establish a new British record for the Formula 2 APX four-stroke engine. Uh, also here for S Infinity class, which is anything over three litre. Um, that's the two classes I'm running for, and all depending on how quick we are, we may go for some more records yet. So it was, uh, looked like a good run this evening? Uh, yes, so this it? evening was a its first test run really with the modifications that we've done for record breaking. Um, so we weren't too sure. So yesterday we sort of ran out a bit of time. It wasn't quite right, so I had to abandon the run yesterday. Uh, but today, so we got the first test run. It showed good promise. So mm-hmm. it's averaging about 113 for the both runs up and down. So yes, we're quite happy with today. Roughly, what's your target for the week if you can get a everything perfect um, it's, it's difficult because this engine is the first time it's ever been used on a speed records week um, mm. compared to the older version of this engine um, we're hoping possibly maybe 120 on an average but we may aim higher but so we're just not sure what this engine can or can't do really and I understand you've been developing this engine through the season uh, yes, so it was a last-minute decision for us at the start of the year. I had a choice of either this new design of engine or a new boat, really, with the old design of the engines as well. So we decided we'd go for the new generation, as that's what will be replacing the old engine, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the year, we've now, we've had gone through two different boats, all different right. setups, and a lot of big modifications each time. Each time we've gone out with the boat, though, it has got quicker and quicker each time. Mm. I understand you've got quite a history with the sport, with you yourself and also your family? Uh, yes, say I've been driving for a total of 12 years, um, but I've been sort of involved since I was pretty much born, to be honest. My mm. father, he's raced since like the early 80s himself. My granddad, he was racing sort of from like the 50s, sort of 60s era. So we're very deeply rooted within the sport. Say my father, he's a three times world champion in Formula 2. Um, I hope to maybe one day reach that, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, I'm the world champion in the juniors for my, uh, my third year of racing, it was. Um, so yeah, so it's, we have, we've achieved so much so far. Yeah. Um, so I think currently I've got 16 British titles now, 
um, throughout all the years of going through all the different classes. Um, so yes, it's, it's a really good achievement for me and my team. Um, I understand you're a bit of a fixture at um, Coniston Records Week and, and you first went over 100 miles an hour at the age of 18, is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, so I've been coming to Coniston for most years since 2011. Uh, from when I started in juniors I mean 2018 when I was old enough to go into the Formula 2 categories where they're capable of reaching over 100 miles per hour um, and say so again we were that was a last minute decision with what we were going to do so records mm-hmm. week for us usually is a last minute decision but we always enjoy coming here but yes 2018 I was the um, I got through to the K7 club um, which then actually made me the youngest member to ever be invited oh wow congratulations thank you um, <laughs> if you can paint a picture What's it like when you're in the F2 boat at oh yeah, 100 plus miles an hour? Um, what's, what's that feel like? It's a very difficult thing to describe. One word I'll say is surreal. You're not quite sure it's happening because you're pretty much flying above the water, if anything. You're mm. floating more than anything. You're not really in the water. They're more designed like planes, these boats. And so mm. you're all strapped into the cockpit. All you can really hear is like the wind just going round the cockpit and it's just like howling. You can hear the engine sort of roaring behind you as well. Um, so yes, it, it, it's a completely surreal thing to feel. I couldn't describe it anything more yeah. than that. <laughs> no, excellent. And with racing other boat, with other boats around you, is, is that must be very different from the from a, a single straight flat out record run oh yes for sure it's, it's, it's very very different when you're racing there's like um, say a good sort of 10 15 of you all going down in a line together mm. all heading towards that same corner all looking for the best line it's, it's very exhilarating mm. so mm. It's, it's not too bad when you're all running at the same speed but as I say when you're on your own out there you can almost say it's a little bit lonely <laughs> to yeah. a degree yeah. and that's why it's just you the water in front of you and with the boat you're connected to the boat itself you become one in that instance so i'm here with sam whittle who set a new record this this morning some quite incredible speeds sam yeah it was really good really pleased with the speeds i got can't complain about that one i tried last year but had a few issues last year of heating sorted that out for this time and yeah we've got what we needed so it was 130... 133 we did, average speed, so two ways. And that's a national record in... A world, and, a world, world and national record in Formula 2. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the Formula 2 boat? So there's several of them here, and they look similar, but not identical. And if you could just talk me through it. Yeah, well, this, this is an Italian boat. It's called Baba. Uh, Massimo is the uh, boat builder. Um, it's, it's, it's actually an F1 boat we use. Okay. So racing the Formula 2 class. So, um, yeah, it's a great boat does what he does and I love it. How does it feel to have the, the fastest time of anyone so far at, uh, at Records Week? It feels great, I love it, you know, I love going fast, I want to try and go fast hopefully the next day or two, so if it holds out like this then yeah, we should get to more times. I saw you going out for on Monday and Tuesday right at the end of the day and um, they were sort of trying to squeeze in the faster boats when the conditions suddenly flattened off. And um, what was it like? Was it sort of quite pressured trying to get in a time in that short slot yeah, with the light quite, failing as well? It was quite rushed. I couldn't do the speeds I was doing today because I was losing a lot. I couldn't see much. I was going to risk it, you know, mm. got a week, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah. sort of get the feel for it and just um, see what the boat match the boat's all okay, engines running okay. But I couldn't do the speeds I was doing today and then we can get in the light we had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks really dark back here. I don't yeah. know what it was like out on the yeah, lake. But on the term, I couldn't see much. Right. That, that's how dark it was. Yeah, yeah. And so, so how did it feel today with the, the lake nice and flat, nice light levels? Oh, it felt perfect. The boat was sat there, it just floated all the way through. It was, just, it was beautiful just going through there. Loved it. Is there much sensation of speed when you're up at that kind of 
MPH? It doesn't feel quick because when the lake's so long and it's so wide, it just feels like you're just sitting all the way through. But, but yeah, obviously it's really, really quick, obviously. But, mm. but yeah, it feels great. Okay. So is, is the, the skill of it more about the way you sort of set the boat up to run through the, the measured kilometre? Or are you doing much when you're in the kilometre itself? Yeah, before you get to the kilometre, you've got to get the boat because it's pulling big propellers. So you're trying to get the boat settled. When it's mm. settled, you start getting the boat comfortable and trim right. So it's safe. You don't use race trim going through there because you, you'll be probably blowing it over. Right. So you'll be a bit more negative trimming. So the boat's just just above the water flying. Right. And um, yeah, just let the boat take. You don't don't steer steer more. Let the boat take you across the lake. Mm. And until we get through the other end, then you've got to trim in first, then you can back off. Right. Just we're going to return run. Okay. Um, and can you tell me a little bit of your background in powerboat racing and, and, and record breaking? Yeah, well, my dad's been racing over 40 years and it was his record I just took it off his world record oh wow okay so yeah since for him um, I raced in the juniors the GT classes which is the GT15 the GT15 GT30 mm-hmm. done a bit of offshore and then done Formula 4 which is a smaller class done mm. that for about 6 years right right. been racing around the world in that in the F1 series okay and then we got to Formula 2 so I've done 3 to Formula 2 now wow and what does the future hold? Well, the future holds is going to probably be stick to the F2 Worlds again. I did the F2 Worlds for the first time this year's championship. We'll do it again next year. And then, yeah, let's go from there, really. Records Week itself, is that, for you, just a good way to set the seal on the season? I just love coming up here. I just love going fast as I can. It's a great atmosphere. Get to see. Get, it's the only time of the year I get offshore and circuit, jet skis. Everyone's mm. together at the same time. So it's a really good atmosphere. I love it. Circuit racing in hydroplanes is not just for the aspiring Grand Prix drivers though, and there's a thriving club scene in smaller, less expensive boats. One that drew my eye was the OSY400 driven by Thomas Mantrip, a tiny lightweight machine with a stock outboard. Let's meet Thomas. I'm uh, here at Coniston with Thomas Mantrip who just set a new record in the OSY boat I believe. Yes, correct, yeah, OSY 400 class, so that's a British record off broken, we're happy with it, so just seeing if we can get it a little bit quicker. Uh, remind us what speed you set? Uh, 65.35 that was set out on, on the average of both runs, so just over one and a half mile an hour increase from the previous record, so we're happy with it, but obviously want to get it as high as we can, so yeah. we've got a few more things we can try and um, yeah, just see what we can do with it. Brilliant. With the lake like this, there's more to come. Yeah, definitely. We got two runs, one Monday, one Tuesday. The conditions were safe, but not great for performance, so mm. you know, obviously with it being flat like almost glass, yeah. um, that's a lot better for uh, performance. So, um, Could you tell us a little bit about this boat? Because I've never seen anything like it before, it looks absolutely crazy. It's a tiny, lightweight thing, so like two people can carry it easily, and you're, you're lying in a prone position to pilot it. Yeah, so... You know, when you say to most people, oh, I do boat racing, they imagine something that sort of would look like a ski boat, but as you can obviously see, that's nothing like that. It's, mm. uh, you know, some people have compared it to an iron board, so <laughs> that's a complete um, flat design, very sort of aerodynamically um, designed to, to, to trap air underneath the hull, and the idea is that you just glide on the sort of four points of the... The lowest four points of the hull mm. to give you the least least resistance. Mm. Um, obviously, in in turn, you do run the risk of sort of fairly major accidents. But that, that's where the uh, you know the setup comes into it. You have to have it set sort of at the maximum for performance. But 
but at the same time being safe. So, uh, mm. what does it feel like? It, it's like basically like you're flying down the lake at sixty plus miles an hour, face first. What does that feel like? Yeah, so I've um, previously raced classes where you are sitting up, um, mm. but a few years ago I took the change to the to the land land down sort of style of hull mm. um, and I personally think you do get a better feeling with it um, right. if you sat upright you're sort of you know quite high and you're getting thrown around with this you're, you're laying down you, your body is flat with the boat and you, you, you feel every move so right, if right. you're feeling the boat lift you can pull yourself forwards a little bit and just you're constantly feeling where how the boat is okay. sitting um, yeah I mean if you've if you've done it you know but if you mm. haven't you, you probably would never appreciate how yeah. it, how the feeling is but um it's almost like boat yeah, and driver are one yeah it's, with, uh, it's certainly sort of you know nothing else like it so. mm, mm. and i understand there's there's quite good racing with this class there's um there's a there's a club in norfolk where they've they've, they've got sort of 13 of them i think yeah so that's the club i'm from yeah okay. um first off it's board motorboat club yeah we we race every thursday throughout the summer months uh, we have 20 or so race events uh, we see sort of 10 plus boats every week with this class. Uh, it's fairly well supported throughout Europe as well and in, in the US. So uh, yeah, it is a pretty popular class as far as they go, um, mainly due to the fact that they're so cheap. You know, you can buy a brand new engine for £1,800. Wow. You know, this boat is obviously at sort of the top end of the scale. It's out and out to be the quickest but mm. you can get a cheaper sort of hull for starting out a few hundred pounds it's, wow you know it's not a silly cost um, yeah yeah you don't really need any equipment for um yeah it's it is pretty well supported and with with the engine being stock you can't modify it you, you, you can't tune them in any way uh, there's uh, you know boundaries within boat design as well um, that that keeps it fair and close for all competitors mm. so someone with a basic knowledge um, can do it and be you know competitive whereas with a class where there's no sort of boundaries you've got to have a sort of depth of knowledge of what you're doing um, yeah, so yeah. it makes it easy for the sort of privateer type racer to uh, jump in and, and do well and so is is the intention to, to maybe step up to F2 or something like that when uh, in time? Or, um, or, or are you me sort of... personally at the minute, F2 I'm not really too bothered about. Um, the class I'm racing here, OSY, mm. uh, I've sort of dabbled in and out of now and again just for something to do. But yeah. um, I actually myself race Formula 125, okay. which is kind of... It's a totally different category, but at the same time, it's like the next step up. Right. So uh, this is this is OSY, which is yeah. stock. Um, the class I race is a formula, and yeah. it's open. So the only restriction is the capacity of the engine, one two five cc. Okay. Pretty much all other uh, you know variables are open. You can do what you want. Boat wow. design is pretty free. Yeah. The engine can be whatever you want. Wow. Um, okay. So that's where you see uh, a sort of bigger gap in speed from competitors mm, because mm. it's a lot more um, down to the driver and the team <clears throat> to set the boat correctly and to, to find the best speed. But yeah, um, yeah. to me, that's proper racing. Um, you know, F2, yes, it's good, but the engines are the same. Right. The props are, you know... 
a lot of money. Um, you're talking big bucks. You mm. can go a lot quicker, have a lot more, uh, you know, things that you can work with. Uh, okay. But that's just me. You know, I no, no, I want to be working with it, and if I can do something to make it quicker, I'll do it. Um, yeah. So there is a similar class within sort of my division, Formula 500, which is a similar boat to F2, right. but with a 500cc two-stroke engine. So they're a similar sort of speed, but um, mm. just completely different sort of beast, if you like. Um, so the engineering side of it is quite important to you, is it? And the, the being able to experiment with your equipment and yeah, definitely you know, um, improve the speed that way. My profession is within engineering, so it's okay. sort of a hobby and career kind of combined into one and that's partially why I uh, have more interest within the class I run usually because it's so open mm. um, you can you can do a lot more yourself so for example all the parts inside the boat I've made myself okay. um, it's all open so there's, there's room there for the kind of Just engineering hobbyist the, uh, to tinker if you like um, excellent so yes, it's it's Thanks very much. Good luck for the rest of the week, and uh, congratulations on your record. Thank you. There's just time to catch up with some of the competitors towards the end of the week to see how they've got on. First, let's hear from Oban again during a heavy rain shower in the middle of an otherwise fine Thursday. I'm uh, back with Oban Duncan at Coniston Records Week. Oban, you've been out this morning and set a new record, I believe. Yes, I did. Yes, the first run I had in this morning. I uh, beat the national record, so yeah, it was a, it was a good run. And, and what speed was that at? So I think I set it at average 73, I got 74 one way and 73, 72 the other way. Like, right, so right. something like that. <laughs> There's quite a big increase from your speed earlier in it the week. It is, yeah, I got 66 uh, earlier in the week, which wasn't anywhere near what I wanted, but uh, yeah, I was definitely happy to get a better increase. Do you think that was about maximum for what you could manage, or no, do you think there's more in you and the boat? definitely think there is more in me and the boat, because um, you've got to try and dial it in and, and see what we can do with it, but there, there should definitely be some more we can do with it. So do you do you have a new target speed? I don't really have a it... target speed, it's just as quickly as we can possibly get it, which I'd like to say 78 by the end of the week, but I might be a little bit optimistic, but yeah, we'll see. Well, fingers crossed, good to have something to shoot for. Yeah, definitely. With the conditions like that on the, you know, how how is the boat feeling? You don't kind of really a lot more feel much of it because there's not much in the water. Right, right. You, um, you don't feel much, but that's how you know when you're running quick. And it just feels really nice when it's sitting on top of the water and it feels quick. Mm. It does feel nice. Good, good stuff. It looked from the jetty like there was quite a lot of kind of pitching and porpoising as you were getting it up to yeah, speed. Is that Do you just have to hang on to that? And yeah, most of the, the catamarans do do it while they're trying to get up to speed. It's just once it's trying to build itself up to to a, a decent speed, and then it'll it'll get a bit quicker. But yeah, you just it's something you have to get through, and then you'll get your speed. So it just looked like like just now you thought you were going to get out for another run, and then yeah. for whatever reason they they sort of pulled a halt for things. Is yeah. how much is it 
frustrating something like that for this week when you, you know you're just kind of hanging hanging around waiting for the gut the all clear and you might get it and you might not is does that make it harder when it, it when you get out yeah, yeah it does yeah. but once you're out on the run you don't think about anything else the only thing you think about is, is being out and seeing how fast you can get if you think about other things then you just won't get as quick and you won't be as close to that and in terms of the run itself what are you actually doing when you're when, when you hit the measured kilometre? Are you working the boat much? Are you trying to keep everything as still as possible? Not really. As soon as you are in the kilometre, you should be at your maximum speed so that you can carry that through the full the full way of the gate. But you are just watching the water in case there's a bit of wind or seeing if you can get it to go a little bit quicker. You just have to. As soon as you're in the kilometre, that's the bit you need to focus the most and make sure the boat the boat's settled. Well, it's absolutely chucking it down with rain, so I think we'll call a halt there. Um, thanks ever so much, Oban. Congratulations, and good luck for the rest of the week. Thank you. We've met offshore racers and circuit racers, so it's only right to talk to some offshore circuit racers before we wrap up. First off, Claire Williams, who is the nav, or navigator, on one of these V-bottomed monohulls. And then John Bunyan, whose story was one of the best of the week in my view, striving for a record all week long only to grab it just as the clock ran down. So my name's Claire Williams and I nav for Mount Dotson. Um, so we've got an 18, um, trying to hit the record of, oh, I think at the moment it's standing at 68.5. Um, I think we're averaging 64 at the moment. Mm. Um, we haven't had many runs this week so um, we're hoping to get out a couple of times this morning but I don't think we will but yeah so I nav um, we do offshore so we do uh, rough water um, mainly so the boats are set up sort of like to go rough water rather than flat water mm. um, we obviously um, race in the sea <laughs> not on lakes as well yeah. um, so that makes a difference so um, yeah we've got um, an F sport class F1 uh, class F2 and F3 um, yeah so we all race together we set off at different times um, and then the navigator just needs to watch out for our boats we always have a chicane in our uh, race as well so um, yeah we race for 25 minutes plus one lap at a time so you're keeping Malk on on course and um, warning him about other boats and yeah where the next boy the... is and whatnot. So normally I'm sat side by side, but he's kind of tandemed it a little bit. Yeah, I see the the layout of the um, you, you've got a sort of staggered layout of the the seats in in this boat with the uh, driver's seat to the right at the front and and the. Is that just sort of move the weight distribution slightly? Yeah, it's just for now. We did run it at the beginning of the week. We did run it side by side, um, to but you know we're just giving this a go now. So. Mm, mm. And uh, do you think the record's within reach today? Oh, it depends how many times we get out. Um, it really does. There is quite a few of us going for it as well. I think there's three of us on the water going for it. Okay, um, but so there have been four or five of us up here all week. Right, right. So, so is it better when there's a bit of competition for a, over a record between several sort of boats of the same class rather um, than when you're just up on your own? It is, yeah, but it, it is what it is. We all do it for a bit of fun. You know, we all race all season together. We're all friends, so mm. you know, it, it. Whoever gets it well done type thing so you know but we're all trying for it obviously 
I'm here just after the end of Records Week 2022, and uh, I'm with uh, John Bunyan, who, who uh, on your last run, I believe it was, set the record you've been trying for all week. Yeah, three runs before the end of a day. Done, I think they said they'd done 168 runs, so I'm 165th. Yeah. Actually broke the record that I've been chasing all week. And which record was that? It's OCR F2 record. Uh, and your speed? About 61 and a half miles an hour. I actually right. can't remember. My mind's gone blank. Just yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I understand. So I understand you were, you were just a, a small amount off that for several days before you were able to just set that time towards the end of the week. Yeah, that's right. We ran, we ran down Monday and we ended up nine one-hundredths of a second shy of what we needed. And then sort of following on from that, just couldn't really get close to it. And then this morning, we managed to get it down to six one hundredths of a second. Right. And then, um, fortunately, we just managed to, to drag it on virtually the last run of the day. So was that just about conditions, or was it some my changes you'd made to the boat, or, or was it just, just it's, things fell right? It was just bottled, to be honest. It was just oh, one yeah. of those... Well, it's the end of the week. If you bust it, you bust it. Um, and it literally was like that. It was it was quite an unsettling ride down there. The boat really? was quite lively. Navigating the showers is actually incredible because she just doesn't say anything. She just hangs on. And and she was actually navigating for two other yeah, drivers. She, she's been in four boats this week, I think. One of the things that struck me about this week is that people have been sharing crash helmets, been sharing propellers, uh, you know, been sharing navs. And crew members and it just seems like there's that real kind of sense of camaraderie and everyone helping each other yeah, um, and it's not just that i mean tonight we will all be celebrating everybody else's records even if you don't get one mm. you know if i hadn't have got it i would have still been celebrating rob's record with him because i know what it feels like you, you're part of it anyway and it, did i hear that after you'd taken the record Rob went straight out to try and take it back. Yeah, he'd done some sort of desperate last-minute changes like we all do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, fortunately for me, it didn't come good. But uh, the, the bottom line is he actually still gets a record anyway. Because so, you set one, that's yours, whether someone takes it off, you, whether you're a current holder or not. So right. Yeah, you set it and it's, you know, it doesn't go away just because somebody's gone faster. Oh, so that's that's remarkable, and I I think I heard on the Tannoy just um, uh, just as they were wrapping up that uh, was it something like sixty eight percent of competitors actually claimed a record this some some point this week. It's, it's probably about right. It was sixty five percent this morning. I know. Right, right. I was in the conversation, um, so obviously some more records have tumbled during the day. Well, um, no, it's been absolutely fantastic to watch and to be able to see people chipping away at their their, their times and just must be really satisfying, particularly as it's on the last day very much so yeah yeah you get a little bit complacent if you do something too early in the week which i think is what i did close to it thinking oh well i won't worry too much we'll do that tomorrow uh, but it doesn't work like that particularly as the conditions today has been so changeable it started off really flat but with the cloud on the lake and then and then it cleared but then the, the wind got up a little bit then we had some rain coming through then the wind would get up and then drop again and it just seems like is it always like this um yeah <laughs> in saying that last year it wasn't last year was superb it was like the summer's week all week right um, but yes generally it is it's, today actually has been a little bit exceptional because there's been quite a lot of gusts that seem to have come from nowhere um, but 
you know, it's, it's the luck of the draw. You know, you go for it. Sometimes you, you get on top of it, sometimes you don't. Mm. So. Mm. And then there's always next year. Oh, well, so. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> Fingers yeah, crossed. Too. Overall, at Coniston Records Week 2022, in its 50th event, there were seven world records set, five of them also British national records, and one French and one German national record too. In addition, there were a further 14 British national records. More than half the competitors came away with a speed record that can never be taken away from them, even if it's beaten. At that time, they were the fastest person in that class. The world of powerboat speed records seems incredibly healthy on the evidence of this week. I'd like to thank the organisers, Press Officer Glyn Cunliffe, and all the competitors who welcomed and took the time to speak to me. Hope to see you all next year. Thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode of Boundary of Disaster. Please, if you can, like and subscribe, leave us a review because that would be amazing. It helps with all the algorithms and that means people can find us a little bit easier. Of course, if you can tell your friends as well, you never know, they might start listening to us as well, which would be ace. If you fancy supporting us, there's a Patreon page. The link is in the description. Also check out the other links. We've got a link tree there that goes to all of our socials, including the new TikTok, which Ellie has got up and running and the rest of us still don't know much about. So until next time, thank you so much. Bye.